everybody, and welcome to this episode of the Fandom Report. I'm your host, Catherine Mora, and I'm here joined again with the lovely Jess, aka Female Peter Parker. Hello, hello. It's good to hello. be back. Yes, thank you so much for <laughs> joining us again. How are you? An emotional train wreck from the events of this movie. Mm-hmm. Yep. Like... I, yep. <laughs> that was rough. It was very rough. Yes. Yeah. So just to yes. make sure everybody's aware, because this is a really big movie, um, there will be a ton of spoilers in this episode of the podcast. So if you have not seen Spider-Man No Way Home yet, probably shouldn't watch this or listen to us just yet. Watch the movie, then come back. But um, yeah, so I'm just going to go right off the bat to like one of the biggest things that upset me <laughs> in this film, Aunt May. <laughs> Let's start with the <laughs> let's start with the worst thing. That way we end on a happy note. Let's get the, the really horrible stuff out of the way first. This is true. This is true. Oh. Uh, rip Aunt May. Dude, it happened. And I was like really hopeful that she was gonna be okay. Like she stood up and I was like, they're just playing us. It's fine. Yeah. And then as soon as she said the with great power comes great responsibility line, I was like no oh no (laughs) it's like the um I've seen this film before and I didn't like the end yes and I didn't like the ending oh I just yeah I the thing with that too is like I don't know if this happened with you but when it was happening in the moment it didn't really process for me that it was happening like I was like they can't kill Aunt May and then like I would get sad like randomly through the movie like it would be like a really random scene and I'd be like Oh my god they killed him <laughs> so this is just the way that i process like sad moments in in movies and shows um is that i immediately my brain immediately makes a joke so when aunt may dies my brain the first thing it did was go oh my god they killed aunt may you bastards like the the running joke from <laughs> south park it's like oh my god they killed Teddy. <laughs> I was like, oh God, this is not, I no. So what you were saying about like how just random moments you would like get sad again. I feel like that was just like a running theme throughout the movie. Like things were happening and then they go to the next scene, but my brain is still processing what just happened in the last scene. Like, so it's like, wait, I can't focus on like, can we hit pause or something, please? I can't focus on what's going on right now. I'm still trying to wrap my head around the fact that you guys killed Aunt May or that, you know, Matt Murdock showed up or, you know, freaking the two, the two original Spider-Men are here. Like they just never slowed down. This movie did not slow down once. Which I think is what made it so like good too, was Mm -hmm. like, you didn't have time to process it. And they just kept throwing these things at you and you were like, whoa, whoa. Like, yeah. Oh my God. Yeah. No, that's literally how I felt with Aunt May's death though, because it was like, so sad and then they were arresting happy I know I was like what is going on and then like two seconds later Ned was like let me just open up this portal (laughs) and like bring in Andrew's Spider-Man like (laughs) okay no wait but real quick like happy like the when he like pulled up like right then and there and like he sees Peter and like he you like you realize the moment that he knows May's dead and it's like, yeah. <laughs> and like, I shipped Happy and May so much. So when it starts out, like the first time you see them in this movie that the, like they're breaking up essentially and Happy's so sad. 
<laughs> I just wanted to give him a hug. And then Peter's there like trying to like fix their relationship, even though his entire world is falling apart. Like there's this one line I remember, I vaguely remember him saying, he was like, I thought he made you happy or something like that, which is like, you know, kind of funny because happy making me happy. happy. (laughs) (laughs) But yes, like, and that's like another thing too that makes like May's death so much sadder is that like, even when his identity was revealed and like everything's falling apart in that moment, he's like trying to figure out like what's going on because he thought this was a relationship that made May happy. And her happiness, like, means so much to him. So when she's there, you know, dying and she's like, I just need to catch my breath. He, like, almost, like, he doesn't even tell her, like, what's wrong. Like, he doesn't want her to die, like, worried or scared. I know. Like, that was something that, that like, yeah. so much. When he, like, picked his hand up and it was covered in her blood and she was like, what? And he was like, nothing's wrong. It's just me and you. Like, oh, my, oh, my God. That was the line that killed me. was like, it's just me and you. I was like, oh, my God. Oh, my God. that's what made me start to cry it's always been them like because you know the implication in this trilogy is like you know uncle ben died like a year before spider-man homecoming so like Mm -hmm. ever since him being spider-man it's really just been him and may like yes tony's there but at the end of the day you know peter goes home to aunt may like that's his guardian that's his parent his mom essentially Mm -hmm. and it it's just it just (laughs) it hurts so much like, doesn't he also say, like, I'm sorry to her, like, as she's dying or after she died? I, I think so. I can't. Yeah. Re- I have to re. I'm, I'm going to go rewatch it. Yes. But, like, it, it's just again, a movie like, that needs still processing it all. Like, whoa. I know. I know. But, oh, gosh. I know. I just my heart breaks for him, especially with like the ending. Like he literally yeah. has no one. No one. He has nobody. Mm hmm yeah I not even like a legal adult (laughs) I know oh my god I know like so he starts the movie the movie's like he it's the summer like right after his junior year so he's gonna be a senior you know he's applying to colleges and everything and that was like another little detail I noticed too that's like at the end when he moves into that apartment you see like the books for him to study for the GED so it's yeah. like he doesn't even get to graduate from high school, which means like he's going to have a harder time like getting into college because like I, I just statistically speaking, like with a GED, it's harder to get into like, you know, an MIT, for example, um, which yes. is like another little detail, like him wanting to go to MIT. I was like, Tony, <laughs> if Tony was here, he would have been like, I literally can hear him in my head be like, oh, no, 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 no. I'm calling them right now. <laughs> yes, yes. <laughs> Like, just honestly, like, this, so many problems could have been avoided if Tony was still alive, but <laughs> we, we, um, I feel like that's, that's a lot of pain that we don't need to go into. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> oh my God. But yeah, the ending, I will say this for like, especially like the last shot that they used it reminded me a lot of the first Spider-Man trilogy and the and the Amazing Spider-Man trilogy that they always kind of end with that, you know, Spider-Man swinging through the city. And that's that something, too. yeah, that's something that, you know, the Tom Holland trilogy hasn't really done. And it'll be interesting, like if Amy Pascal, who said that she wants to do another Spider-Man trilogy with Tom Holland, if she gets her way, if since, you know, 
nobody knows who Peter Parker is anymore. That means he has no real connection to the Avengers, at least I think. There's still a lot of questions about how that spell really works. But so that means if he has no connection to the Avengers, he's going to go back to like being ground level, friendly neighborhood Spider-Man. So how he exists in this world of the MCU where everything's like, it feels like with every single project, every single movie, the stakes are just getting bigger and bigger, how he'll still fit into this world. Yeah, I've been thinking that too. And I feel like they could go a few ways with this. The first is this is Sony's way of taking back the character and just yanking him from the MCU altogether, Mm -hmm. which kind of sad about that if that's the route that they decide to go. Um, I really hope they don't do that though I feel like a lot of fans would be kind of upset about that so I guess we'll see kind of where they go I've also like I was talking about this with my dad last night because we both he saw the movie and I saw the movie and then we called and talked about it and Mm -hmm. he was mentioning like like what you had said about the spell like is it only affecting people on earth because like that leaves out Captain Marvel Thor um Nick Fury if he's like yeah yeah, the Guardians like they all would like if it didn't hit them they'd all remember him you know right Um, and then they also have that Fantastic Four movie that they're working on and I think Mm -hmm. they like I know that like Spider-Man shows up with the Fantastic Four all the time in the comics so I like wouldn't be surprised if he makes appearances in that movie like I would not because they I think they were talking about having him show up in future movies but like Mm -hmm. it wasn't like confirmed confirmed it was like more of like a in talks kind of thing right so that would be so interesting if they did that and now that you mentioned that that would be a good way to like find the balance between like what Tom Holland was implying that he doesn't know if he wants to do another trilogy and Amy Pascal's obvious desire to do another trilogy I feel like that would be like a easy balance for like these two very different um desires in terms of like spider-man in the mcu so yeah him making him doing almost like how natasha had like a feature role in um captain america the winter soldier like him having a feature role on the side of like you know another hero or something and yeah especially if he is going to be kind of like ground level just kind of sticking to New York you know the Fantastic Four they're based in New York if they're the ones who end up buying Avengers Tower you know they have their home base right there in the city um knowing now that you know Daredevil Matt Murdock is confirmed in the MCU he's in New York like if they team up somewhere down the line there's also the question if like Marvel's going to reboot or you know recast the the other Defenders into the MCU that's another team that he's you know associated with in the comics sometimes so I don't know his future is a little it's a little uncertain um and it it's a very bittersweet ending like if that's where they leave off on like you know that he's still out there you know being the friendly neighborhood spider-man still helping people and everything but he's all alone yeah (laughs) it was very heart-wrenching and like yeah it was so good but I just you know like I feel like we've become so attached to Peter and his relationship with Happy and May and MJ and Ned and then it just kind of felt like they took the rug and were like nope (laughs) just kidding oh but I love them and like we finally finally after this long slow burn got MJ and Peter together and now he she doesn't even remember him and it's so heartbreaking like did you notice though in that final coffee shop scene she's still wearing the necklace yeah so it it raises the question again like how exactly does the spell affect 
the the world or the universe at large depending how far the spell was going like you were saying like she has the necklace does she not question like oh where did this come from like because she doesn't know peter parker peter parker never gave that to her as far as she's concerned i've been trying to figure that out too like like in her brain is it just like oh spider-man saved me and he gave me this cool like thing like you know like in her brain she's probably just like it's a gift from spider-man like how when uh peter was at may's grave and happy was like how did you meet her and they both said he was like yeah i knew her through spider-man too it's like but then it makes me wonder like how happy like that whole like civil war and stuff like he was just like going to pick up this spider kid and like i'm just picturing peter in the back of the car with like the mask on the whole time and he's like where are we going where are we going what's going on (laughs) filming his vlog but he's like in the mask the entire time exactly (laughs) oh my god yeah (laughs) i know it's a it's a really good question because clearly the world still knows who spider-man is like like Mm -hmm. the like the fact that spider-man exists not like who his identity is and just like because it's clearly not like it's a wonderful life where where he just erased from existence and like it does it does like you know um oh what's the term that they used in loki where the 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 timeline like branches off oh my gosh uh, i forget what it's it's like and it's not like a nexus point i think i think that's that's the term we're looking for yeah nexus um that you know it's not like strange completely erases existence therefore like changing everybody's life like you know people died didn't die like everything seems to be pretty much the same um except for MIT with Ned and MJ saying that they got in. So either like they got in because they did weren't associated with Peter Parker or they got in because of the conversation that Peter had with, with the, the Dean on the bridge. Yeah. They, Which they were like, we're going to the whole question. Like yeah. she wouldn't remember Peter then. This, Unlo- it's yeah. Like, so it's like, where, where, how exactly <laughs> does this line? work? <laughs> exactly. It's the logic. Yeah. Yeah, but then also does like do did did the spell also affect Toby and Andrew's Spider-Man? Because even though they're not from that, that world. Too. Yeah. It's yeah, so confusing. I, but I think it's meant to be that way because they'll probably I have a feeling looking at that second post-credit scene with the multiverse of madness trailer like it seems like it directly derives from the spell that strange casted with peter like he mentions like we had to do it there was no other way and like i'm sure that he doesn't like obviously he doesn't remember peter but i'm sure he remembers like we had to do this i don't remember why but there was reason and blah blah Mm -hmm. blah so oh that was the other thing was um the spell like will Wanda remember Peter because if she's right. a nexus being will it affect her at all like that, that's a really good point I hadn't even thought of that yeah oh wait <laughs> it's like hang oh, wait on a, a second, second. <laughs> wait a second yeah because okay she's met Peter outside of the mask like in that brief moment where it like the girl power scene in Endgame She's like one of the first w- women who show up who's like, she says like, don't worry. And then Nikoya says she has help. So she's seen Peter without his mask. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know how well she knows like who he is and everything, but like, 
it's it i mean yeah especially because like they've basically confirmed that she's more powerful than the sorcerer supreme which is so funny to me that strange lost that title on a technicality <laughs> <laughs> and he just like my other favorite was he came back and he didn't even try to fight Wong for it he was just like eh, okay like, okay like, fine <laughs> he's like i'm too tired of this <laughs> no it's and we'll come back to like that in a, in a little bit but um with with Wanda, yeah, I mean, she's more powerful than the Source of Supreme. She's more powerful than Doctor Strange. She's a Nexus being, so the whole concept is that she's like, she's like a constant throughout the multiverse. Mm-hmm. So, it, I don't know. I wonder. And like, it's- if you're looking at in terms of, I saw a meme about this, and that's why I'm thinking about it right now. But like, in terms of both of them, like they've both lost like everybody. They both mm-hmm. have no one, you know? Yeah. So I, I feel like this, I don't think they will, but it would be so cool if they had like a little like Wanda Spider-Man team up thing and they just like confided in each other about how awful their lives <laughs> were and just were like, let's just team up and like do a thing, you know? Oh, that would be both sad and adorable. Yes. <laughs> TBH. <laughs> oh my God. Yeah, that's no, it's true. I love how Marvel started off the year with here's a character who has lost everyone and everything, and we're going to process all of that grief and ended the year with, oh, here's a character that you love, and we're going to make him lose everyone and everything. So now you get to process that grief. The book ended. Yes. (laughs) Like, and then in the middle, it was like, It was like super drama, super drama, and then Sam Bucky Buddy Cop show. <laughs> and like and Clint and Kate. Weird. Yeah. Clint and Kate, you know, it's Christmas. <laughs> <laughs> and Black Widow, just like sister love forever. Mm-hmm. Like. <laughs> oh my God. And then, you know, you have Shang-Chi and Katie doing karaoke. <laughs> Please. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Oh boy. Oh boy, I did see this one comment somewhere that, and so it makes, you know, it begs the question of like, where exactly does the Loki series like fall in the timeline? Someone was like, nobody noticed, like nobody in the TVA noticed that there were three Spider-Men in the same timeline, which then makes, because then when you think about going back to like Doctor Strange, uh, his first movie, that the ancient ones like talking about the multiverse which according to the TVA and Loki shouldn't exist. But then in Spider-Man No Way Home, you know, Doctor Strange is saying, you know, we're bringing visitors from like every, an infinite number of of universes who like know that you're Spider-Man. So it's like, then how does the whole thing with the TVA work? Like where- I'm (laughs) confused. I don't know if you felt this way either. By the way, I, I just want to say before yeah. I say this, I know that Catherine and I are nitpicking this a lot right now, but I like <laughs> yes. very much enjoyed the movie. Like oh, it was absolutely up, up there in my favorite Marvel movies. I'm just, this is just discussion. But anyway, it's, it's, not, it's not even nitpicking. It's us <laughs> just like trying to understand what's going on. Like yes. we're just very invested in like just fully comprehending this movie because no, it was an amazing movie. It was so good. That, I mean, my next comment's kind of nitpicking. Oh, okay, but, okay. But that's why I was prefacing it. But <laughs> I don't know if you felt this way, but the scene where Strange was like, they're all coming through and I can't stop them. I felt was maybe just a little bit anticlimactic. Like 
I was like expecting this huge thing and then they were just like eh let's just close it and I just like <laughs> shut up and I was like okay. wait wait a second there were just people in the sky and we're seeing like their shapes and everything yeah, their like, forms hang on like I was waiting I was ready for like this huge spider-man battle thing and then you and then it was just like like so I feel like they'll readdress it in like multiverse of madness there's probably a good reason why they didn't do it but I was just like wait wait a second (laughs) so no I I do agree with you because thinking back to like pre-covid when they announced you know the phase four slate WandaVision was supposed to come out like right before multiverse of madness but obviously you know with covid that had to be rescheduled and everything so then that leads us with spider-man no way home coming out you know before multiverse of madness these are the two you know these projects you know it's one two so i thought okay whatever happens in spider-man no way home especially because they showed that scene in the trailer of strange being like i keep they're coming through i can't stop it i thought we were gonna get left on kind of like a cliffhanger that was gonna lead directly into multiverse of madness that's what i was thinking too yeah so I did but find no, it very strange. It's bandage the ceiling of the world. Like it's it's totally fine. We're just gonna give Peter Parker even more trauma. We're gonna solve <laughs> this in like a really simple, like almost too simple kind of way. Because when Str- when Peter was like, "Can't you just cast the original spell?" and Strange was like, "It's too late." So then Peter's like, "Oh, well, then cast this other spell so that everybody forgets me." I'm like how does one work but not the other why is it too late for that spell for like the original spell but not this new one and also like, why couldn't strange just quickly be like everyone except mj and ned here you go like that was the other thing that upset me i'm like if you have time to cast the spell anyways and it takes you two seconds to add a whole other ring then just yeah. do it like, do it like, that's it it <laughs> No, I agree. That was, it was very anticlimactic, like, especially after the whole, you know, the three Spider-Men fighting on the, the Statue of Liberty and then Peter's showdown with, um, with Norman Osborn, like, and then you see, oh, like, it's not over. You see all the rifts and the sky and everything. And like you're saying, you, we're seeing these people and it's just like, eh, no, we got it. It's fine. Just <laughs> going to. Okay. It's like you just grab a broom and just, you know, brush it, brush it away. And you're like, we'll deal with this in Multiverse of Madness. Yeah. Like, <laughs> maybe, maybe. Maybe. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I, yeah, no, I agree. I agree. That was like one of my only issues with the movie. Um, Same. But, you know, that that last battle, that final battle, though. <laughs> yeah, it was good. I loved the scene where they were talking on the bridge, like when they were waiting for all the villains to show up yes. and they were like, hey, hey, stop it with the negative self-talk. You're amazing. You're amazing. You are. Toby being, so the, first of all, the youth pastor joke, I was like dying. And Toby being like, so like the encouraging, like older brother is like, no, you're amazing. You got to say it. You're not, this, this negative self-talk is like, no good. You got to say it. Andrew being like no I hear what you're saying I needed to hear that thank you <laughs> and then Andrew I love you guys and they're just like thanks thank you, <laughs> thank you. and then no. who's Peter one who's Peter two, Peter two. I don't want to be Peter two <laughs> I don't want to be no. Peter two. okay well and then, and then when Tom's Peter was like I don't want to brag but I'm gonna I worked with the Avengers and they're like awesome <laughs> is that a boy man <laughs> it's like it's amazing what does that mean <laughs> my favorite line in that whole thing though was when they were like so who's the 
It was the biggest bad guy you've ever fought. And Tom's Peter was like, I fought an alien in space and on Earth. He was purple. <laughs> I was just like, I love you. It's like, and then Toby's like, wait, I'm still stuck on the part that you fought an alien in space. Yeah, he's like, whoa, that's cool. <laughs> Meanwhile, Andrew's like, I'm, I'm lame. <laughs> I fought a rhino. That's it. Yeah. Yeah, like the very tail end of Amazing Spider-Man 2. We don't yes. even see the fight. <laughs> oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. It's their dynamic, like their interactions with each other was just so perfect. It was mm-hmm. absolutely perfect. Like, and I really love too, like when Toby and Andrew see each other for the first time, that they're I feel like it was almost out of like into the Spider-Verse where they're like spidey sense is kind of tingling they like register each other but in you know this live action version they're not sure if the other person is a threat or not but then they do like the same exact flip like they they do like the same exact motions to like attack each other or whatever and I was like this is so cool it was like this is amazing I was thinking that with the spider sense thing too like even in the scene where MJ was like, hey, like people are here for you, Peter. And they turn around and the two of them are up there. You can kind of see like Peter kind of be like, like yeah. he has that moment of like, I can sense something and it's really weird and not familiar. Like, you know? Yeah. Yeah, no, it's it's definitely, you know, there you could see the influence that Into the Spider-Verse had on this film. Absolutely. And but they still, it wasn't enough that like, it still feels like its own film, which is good. I know some people were worried about it being like too much into the Spider-Verse. Um, mm-hmm. <laughs> sorry, I just thought of um, Electro being like, you know, you're from Queens and you help poor people. Like I just <laughs> thought you were black. I was just be a black about spider to bring that up. Like I was like, okay, so you're definitely making a live action Miles Morales. Thanks yes. for the tip. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Well, we know he exists in the MCU because of that deleted the scene from from drug. Homecoming. Yeah, yeah. where where um where his uh, his uncle Uncle Aaron is on the phone's like, sorry, Miles, I'm gonna be late. I just <laughs> like I'm so. Uh, yeah, I I loved that. I was like, yes, get yeah. me Miles. I love him. We want Miles. We want Miles so bad. <laughs> I will say though, and I know this might be. A little controversial especially to people who like haven't seen the film yet but for people who have seen the film I think they might they'll probably agree I'm actually glad that Miles wasn't brought in in this movie because there was just so much going on in this film that he wouldn't have gotten enough time to like really justify having him there and like give him the storyline that he deserves so I'm actually really happy that he wasn't in there like it would have been cool if they did like an after credit scene with Miles um like if it's like him getting bitten or something and I almost wonder if that would be like the next step in the Spider-Man story like Mm -hmm. where now Peter because he's on his own he's like you know he is Spider-Man now um just you know the friendly standing on his own two feet and everything if now is the time to kind of position him in like a mentor mentee relationship with a younger Miles the mentee becomes a mentor mentor. Peter, wow, is this how Tony felt like all the time? This is hard. <laughs> Just stressed out about like a 14-year-old Miles Morales. Yes. <laughs> yes. Oh, yes. I will say it was cool to have all the villains back, but it was making me laugh that 
they set up this whole thing with I I know it's because they're, they're probably planning a whole other movie with it but uh-huh. they set up this whole thing with Venom only to have him as a post-credit scene in a bar and then like <laughs> but this goes back to the questioning thing about the spell because I was kind of confused with like so they sent him back to his universe or whatever but mm-hmm. then how is that little piece of Venom able to stay if he was a part of him like I was just like yeah that's cool but also there's a little plot hole there that I'm just kind of confused about <laughs> like I yeah. just don't get it I almost wonder and this is it's still a stretch because it doesn't like follow all of the rule the supposed rules of the spell if like it was a piece that like got separated from him you know because he there was like a moment where he's like he's there and then suddenly he stands up and he's like not in total control of himself I wonder if there's a part of Venom that like separated in that moment for whatever reason and so then when Eddie and Venom like you know they disappear if that piece of Venom that was left behind like gets hit by the spell and then like forgets that that Peter Parker is Spider-Man um but again it doesn't explain like you know it's still part of Venom who knows that Peter Parker is Spider-Man so like why is he is was that piece still there I don't know it's so I I yeah I again I think it's really cool that they're setting up a Venom and Spider-Man like duo yeah. film thing like not complaining about that I just like the logistics of it were just like it's like the whole Avengers Endgame like time travel stuff again like you're breaking mm-hmm. your own rules like yeah like it was just weird you know yeah but. well <laughs> so like just speaking of like you know the movies and their rules and like just like writing that like frustrates me <laughs> it just frustrates me so much that this whole thing like none of the bad things that happened in this film would have happened if they just pressed the button right like, Peter, <laughs> like, like I get it you know and that was the thing too it's like if you think about it technically technically May dying was her own fault because Peter was ready to like just send them all home but then May gave him the whole speech over in the uh, at the feast center which then you know definitely influences Peter to like steal the cube from Doctor Strange so like they wouldn't die and then that all basically all that leading to Norman Osborn betraying them and killing May <laughs> and I'm like like oh my god like what why and then the whole thing we can't too, we can't press the button we, we can't, like, I get it. Everything really sucks right now, but we can't press that button. It's like, just push the button. Yeah, it's like, just no. push the button. <laughs> it's like, take it off. I can't. Take it off. I can't. It, it's just, it's yeah. like one of those things that it's like, there's not really that good of a reason for characters not to do something that would solve all of their problems but we're just going to act like there (laughs) is. Again, I love this movie. I I know know. I'm I'm like picking at it. I I love this movie. It's just us trying to understand. It's like, like, yeah, no, it's the same way with like people who love event. Like I loved Avengers Endgame, but there's still things that I'll be like, they could have done this, this, and this a little differently. Like, you know? Yeah. And I feel like that's it it's going to be like that for whatever Marvel project it is, you know, like yeah. people expect different things or you hear different theories that you're like, this theory would have been better if it 
came out this way and right so yeah but yeah, yeah I agree oh my god the movie was so good like it's so good like the moment where the three of them are all swinging together like I lost my mind oh I had chills I was, literally the hair on my arm stood up I was like, <gasps> like it's happening yeah. like like was, oh my god they're little like Woo! like there's I because I found like somebody like you know filmed it in the theater so I like screen recorded it because you know those theater film filmings like always get taken down from the internet so I like screen recorded it and I'm like watching it in slow motion there's like a point where like I wasn't totally sure how it happened like while I'm watching the movie because it was so fast but when you slow it down there's like a point they're all swinging and then Tom's Peter like let's go and then shoots two webs one at Toby and one at Andrew and like propels them forward with his web I love when that. they're like doing when they're like going around the corner and then he you know he shoots another web to like follow after them and I was like this, this is so amazing cool. this is amazing <laughs> it's so good oh I love them yeah just it was so odd like it was so awesome it was so cool to see them like especially after everyone being like are they gonna be in it are they gonna be in it yes. like is it like in it? so when it actually happened I was like yeah my I don't know how your theater was by the way mine was like things happened and it was just like people would just go <gasps> and then it was quiet in one sense I was like I'm kind of glad because I can hear what's going on but in the other mm-hmm. sense I was like where's the like the come on that's Andrew Garfield I know that's McGuire. Like- <laughs> so the only time and this has happened to me like for the last few Marvel movies and it's a little annoying because <laughs> my my movie experience with Infinity War was like the phenomenal like the audience reacted like perfect timing like they they like people recognize like when the characters were talking like oh we gotta shut up like yeah we're yeah. excited but we gotta be quiet so we can hear what's going on but everybody was cheering at the appropriate moments and it was great then after that like the audience is just like we're not up like just dead quiet like when I tell you dead quiet, like I'm talking about Captain America lifting Mjolnir and not a single clap or cheer in the room. So then of course you feel awkward. You don't want to be the only person making noise. So uh, it's just very uncomfortable. So um, but for No Way Home, the only time anybody like made noise in the in the movie um was when uh Toby Maguire showed up for the first time. That it's, yeah. he, you know, he walked out of the portal and people were like, whoa. And that was it. I was like, that was basically no. it for me. Yeah. I was like, <laughs> yeah. But meanwhile, I'm in my seat with, you know, with my mom right next to me. And I see, you know, like Matt Murdock's walking stick, like slam yes. down. And I'm there like, <laughs> dude, I got so excited for you. Like that scene came <laughs> on. And I was like, I was like, I so wish I was watching this with Catherine right now because just her reaction, I like could see you in my head like, oh, like he's here, he's here. And it's like brick catch. He was just like, oh my God, the brick catch. Oh my God. I'm like, I'm, I'm so happy. Like even just that minor role that he had in the movie, just that one scene, like I'm still happy with it because it's confirmation that he is in the MCU. Like yes. I know Kevin Feige like gave us confirmation, but he was like, you know, if we see him, when we see it, you know, we kind of knew that it was probably going to be a no way home, um, but actually being able to see him and he's there and, you know, he's, he's being Matt Murdock, but they give him, they give us a little bit of him being Daredevil 
with you know with catching the brick and then I loved how Peter was like how did you do that and he's just like I'm a very good lawyer very good lawyer (laughs) yes you are yes you are and I'm pretty sure um I'm pretty sure because when he starts his scene he's like on the phone and he's like okay great thank you I'm like 95% sure he's talking to Foggy on the other end who's in the Netflix series you know his his um his partner his business partner um lawyer partner so I'm like all right give me give me my avocados at law give me give me Nelson and Murdoch please (laughs) yes Yes, you can tell they're definitely like there's been so much fan like uproar and like getting him back and stuff that I feel like they're totally like this is definitely them being like we hear you and we're working on it you know yeah like yeah especially with thinking about it (laughs) yeah I mean especially with you know Vincent D'Onofrio confirming him in episode five of Hawkeye and then you know obviously he's going to be in episode six in the Hawkeye finale so you know Daredevil fans really got fed yes Yes. like within 48 hours they're like like, here's the big guy and here's your lawyer Merry Christmas I was actually like I'm it was like a half expectation if like I wasn't like super expecting it but I was like curious if they were gonna bring Kingpin into the new like No Way Home movie since he technically is a Spider-Man villain so I was like when we got that episode of Hawkeye this week I was like oh I wonder that's why they like lined it up like this Mm-hmm. But then it didn't end up being like, well, it might, you know, like, I feel like a lot of times things happen. And then we like look back on them after having all, all the content and being like, oh, like that's this in this movie. Like, so there could yeah. have been things that we may have missed that is like directly tied to that. But yeah, yeah it's just interesting. I mean, because so it's funny that you say that because in the very last scene of No Way Home, when he's swinging through when, when Spider-Man's swinging through the city, he passes over Rockefeller Center and it's Christmas time. And from mm-hmm. the Hawkeye trailer, we see that there's going to be a fight scene like at Rockefeller Center. There's like that whole scene where, where Kate and Clint are, are you know, back to back and shooting their arrows. They're on the ice at Rockefeller Center. Like the tree is there. So I'm like, okay, is this taking, because, okay, hold on. I'm trying to think now the timeline. Hawkeye takes place two years after Endgame right Dude, okay i swear to god if if spider-man shows up in the last episode of hawkeye i will literally lose my mind like... <laughs> i okay well because now i'm wondering like is that the reason why they introduced daredevil into like in spider-man no way home is it gonna be like or he'll show up yeah he'll like if he'll show up or if that's like because they made spider-man like you know like a ground level you know vigilante hero again like if he and daredevil are going to team up down the line at some point if that's like going to be hinted at or revealed in hawkeye episode six like i don't i don't know i feel like they could like yeah like it it definitely there's got to be some little ties to like hawkeye's next episode next week and i'm curious like i you know like it would be it would just if Spider-Man showed up, I would cry. It's very unlikely, but like... Uh. I mean, imagine, though, if they start episode six with, like, J. Jonah Jameson doing his report about, like, Spider-Man, you know, the, the report he did at the very end of the movie, like, you know, his, his whole his whole spiel about Spider-Man, like, he should reveal himself, blah, 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 blah. Um, because then that'll confirm, like... Because I am the timeline, the timeline. Because if Hawkeye takes place two years after Endgame, 
Spider-Man, I think Spider-Man only takes place one year. After you know Endgame. what else I'm is not interesting sure. though? I don't know if you noticed this, but at the end scene when it shows Aunt May's grave, they purposefully mm-hmm. had a flower covering the end of the year. You can see it's 2000 something, but you can't see the end oh. of it. And I was like, I wonder why that is like, or if it was yeah. just the angle that they got, but I was like, hmm, yeah, that's interesting. Like that's suspicious. why block the year up? Yeah, that's suspicious. That's weird. <laughs> so I almost wonder now too, if there's a bigger time jump between the last time Peter sees MJ and Ned to, you know, that him visiting Aunt May and swinging through the city and everything. Hmm. like if if when I say the last time he sees them like the last time he sees them in the coffee shop because he goes Mm -hmm. to the coffee shop then he goes to the grave I think I think that's like the correct order yeah so I wonder if there's like a time jump there or something I don't know I have to see the movie again because I need to watch it again yeah. yeah but I was I just noticed that and I was kind of like because I feel like with Natasha's like they were very evident on like these were her dates and they showed her gravestone and like maze was just kind of like kind of covered there so I was like hmm again it could have just been like complete coincidence but I also feel like marvel is not like that like they purposefully do little things like that yeah to make us look so so the only thing I can think of because if I'm doing math correctly like the events of no way home take place in 2004 because Peter goes through his whole junior year again. So that takes up a year, then the summer. So it should take place like at the, like the fall of 2004. But Hawkeye takes place, you know, Christmas and December 2005 or 2025. I think I'm saying wrong years. Uh, I mean, 2000, 2024. Like... No, 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 I'm sorry. <laughs> like, that's it, 2024. Iron Man. <laughs> 2024. Uh, Spider-Man No Way Home, I believe, takes place in 2024. I'm sorry. <laughs> it's okay. I just had a moment where I was like, Peter would be a literal he would be, newborn. He would be a fetus. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay. Fall 2024, Spider-Man No Way Home. <laughs> December 2025 is Hawkeye. So if there's like a time jump at some point and we'll I guess we'll we'll have to wait and see for episode six of Hawkeye to come out if he does tie into the the show at all I just found it very interesting how you know they decided to put the movie in between episodes five and six and the like one of the last shots in the movie is Spider-Man swinging right over Rockefeller Center which is where like the final we're assuming the final battle of Hawkeye episode six is going to take place it's just all very interesting timing coincidences like and like we like you said marvel doesn't do that but now it makes me want to go back to that scene where he's listening to the um police broadcast and listen closer to what they're saying because i feel like maybe there's hints there that you're absolutely right because I feel like me in the movies i was just like oh it's a police scanner that's cool but i feel like if we listened and we were like there's gotta be something in there that'll tell us whether or not he's going to be in this next episode. There has to be. Yeah. I need to catch up. Like I'm sure T has probably covered all of this and I just have not watched any of them yet. (laughs) He had like a seven or eight part series. He just posted yesterday. (laughs) 
<laughs> I, it, it just, yeah. And it goes back to what we were saying before, how your mind is still processing what just happened, but they're already moving on to like the next two scenes. So it, yeah. it's definitely a movie that you have to watch several times to catch everything. And mm. um, yeah, you know, my wallet's going to be hurting a little bit. <laughs> I know. I'm like, <laughs> literally like in my head right now like do I want to go and like see it again tonight like do I want to go to the movies now (laughs) it's like time like these where I wish that you and I lived closer to each other because it would just be like hey you want to go see spider-man yeah let's do it (laughs) let's go happen just I'll drive to upstate New York right now here I come all right getting I'll be I'll be ready I'll I'll be ready I'll be there in multiple hours (laughs) okay sounds good Uh, if only <laughs> I know but yeah what are we it'll... missing I feel like we're missing the big some bigger stuff too um well there is oh so I do want to say I am a little disappointed with Flash's storyline in the movie yeah he had like two <laughs> minutes of screen time what the I heck I know <laughs> like so, so I get it they wanted to start the movie like immediately like right into the action but following the pattern of like the last two movies it should have started with something like multi I I want to say multimedia but I don't think that's the right word like so the first movie started with like the vlog the second one started with the powerpoint presentation you know the in memoriam I was like so convinced that this movie was going to start with Flash doing a live stream because they made like this whole thing in in Far From Home about how he has his like um flash mob or whatever his his fans and followers on the internet so I thought for sure <laughs> it was going to be him like live streaming his reaction to this and instead instead it was just like him on TikTok I'm assuming because it looked yeah, like TikTok I, which by the, the way yeah I'm like okay TikTok how much did you invest like did you finance this, this movie or something think that we are canon in the Marvel yes. Cinematic Universe now because the Daily Bugle is on TikTok. That's true. Which means that we are existing. That's right. <laughs> That's right. So all, so like our content is just us like making content of like real people in the world. <laughs> so I just make skits about all the events. And Peter probably watches them. And is yeah, like, Peter probably follows you. <laughs> Follows you. He follows our like. He's listening to this podcast right yes. now. Like, it's... yes. So, in in the in the MCU, what your username, <laughs> your username was originally female Spider Man, but then when the bugle re- revealed his identity, you changed it to female Peter Parker. <laughs> and then when they did the spell again, it went yes. back to female, to female Spider Man. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Wow. <laughs> Guys, this just got so meta. It's, it's, it really did. It really did. But then does that mean like ads exist? Like does the TikTok ad of Spider-Man the movie exist on TikTok in the MCU? <laughs> like, what? like Peter's like, that's me. That's my movie. And that's the ad. And that's like, <laughs> and we're on TikTok. So it's like, it's like my series, um, Avengers watching the movies yes combined with so then so then tiktok made that ad of like all those tiktok creators and it's part of like the mcu's marvel studios (laughs) advertising (laughs) 
<laughs> Spider-Man oh no way home. God. <laughs> All because Tony we didn't want to finance the, the Avengers anymore and decided to sell yes. the rights to their life stories. <laughs> <laughs> he was like, I hate this. Here, give me a billion dollars and I'll tell you everything you need to know about <laughs> Natasha Romanoff. <laughs> and that's just like, Oh my gosh. Oh my God. Well, it'll be interesting just thinking about like, you know, all this meta stuff. Like when Deadpool 3 finally comes out, like how that's going to work because Deadpool 3 is confirmed. And we know it's Ryan Reynolds. Ryan Reynolds and Kevin Feige have been talking and working together on this. Um, so I'm, I'm just honestly, I'm just really excited to see like how they handle like all the meta aspects of it. Like if Deadpool's going to make jokes about, Disney buying the rights <laughs> to him and, and the and the uh, Fantastic Four and the X Men and everything, or if he's gonna just like, I I don't know like, he'll be like and, in the movie like I'm legally allowed to talk about Spider Man now because I would yes. be sued if I say his name because Disney bought yes. the rights to me. <laughs> That's right. Well, so because then that leads into another question like, will Spider Man and Deadpool ever interact? Like, would will team red which is deadpool spider-man and daredevil will they ever interact considering like we have all three of them now in the in like the official mcu yes. like, which would be amazing <laughs> it would be so amazing get us, like i get us a deadpool spidey buddy cop film right oh now. my god please <laughs> please oh my god yeah it's it'll be oh interesting to see how they move forward like with Spider-Man and everything, but also just like with the multiverse in general. I feel like I feel like I have more yes, questions about the about the multiverse now than I did before this movie came out. Um, especially considering yeah. like how it was just so easy for Strange to fix. Going back to like what we were saying before, how it was so easy for him to fix the whole like multiverse, like colliding, like all the people coming through, like. If all it takes is just one memory spell, then like, what's the deal in, in Multiverse of Madness then? Right? Yeah. My other thought was too, like in that end credit scene mm-hmm. when they were like, was that like the same strange from what if that like I ate think so. all of the monsters? Yes. Like- <laughs> so, okay. Like, I'm really happy you brought that up. I'm really happy you brought that up. So because we know what if is canon to the MCU and um, Benedict Cumberbatch is one of the actors who actually voiced his animated character so Mm -hmm. I'm convinced that that's going to be like supreme strange or whatever it is that we're calling him on on the socials I'm convinced that that like darker like he he almost looked like slightly gaunt too like just kind of like just like shadows under his eyes and everything like he's definitely like the what if like supreme uh, doctor strange and i'm like okay so the last time a doctor strange fought that guy he got his butt kicked and was like absorbed (laughs) into supreme strange i'm like okay this is not like i thought and a lot of people i'm pretty sure thought that like wanda was supposed to be the villain in this movie i thought so too so, and now like, I'm okay. not thinking that at all like no which is no. interesting like which makes me happy because I was like you know Wanda's been through so much she deserves to just be like I'm here to help you know like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. like <laughs> it's 
instead of having more people hate her. I mean, there's still a chance she could turn. Like, yeah, the supreme strange guy could be like, Wanda, you're on the wrong side. And she could be like, you're so you don't right. understand the power of the dark side. Yeah. Uh, Join me. <laughs> Join That's... me and together we can rule the galaxy. We can rule the multiverse. <laughs> we can rule the multiverse. <laughs> yes. Definitely, I can see that happening. Um, especially if like she's tempted with the idea of like getting her kids back, getting Vision, her brother back. Um, could definitely mm. still turn turn to the dark side. Um, I feel like, and okay, let me let me gather my thoughts real quick. I feel like people who have like nothing to lose tend to be like the most dangerous, right? And we saw that in in Spider-Man No Way Home at the end when Peter just like almost went like completely dark side. Like it was, it reminded me a little bit of the scene in um, Return of the Jedi where Luke is fighting Darth Vader and he like, you know, basically is just like pummeling Darth Vader to the point he like chops Darth Vader's hand off. And mm-hmm. when he's fighting Norman Osborn, like he's just hitting him like and really hard too, like nonstop. And you can see like the murderous intent in his eyes to the point where, you know, he picks up the glider and is like prepared to stab Norman Osborn. So I don't know. I doubt that they're going to like pursue that storyline at all with, with Peter Parker. Um, they, who knows they might, if they end up doing like a Tom Holland uh, Venom movie. Um, but just, just thinking about like that, I wonder if that's like a pattern or a trend that Marvel will explore with Wanda as well. Yeah, no, I agree. Going back to No Way Home here for a second, mm-hmm. I literally, like, for like 20 seconds, thought that they killed off Toby. <laughs> like, I was like, oh my <laughs> God. Like, he got stabbed, and I was like, see ya. Especially because I remember, like, a lot of people were thinking that that was going to happen and then that was going to be how they like brought miles in was because like like when it like doesn't like because that's how miles becomes spider-man right like peter dies and then he takes the mantle and like i just remember hearing like people saying that if toby and andrew were in it one of them would be the sacrificial spider-man basically and they'd die off and then like that's how Miles would take the place or not even bringing Miles in just like there would be a sacrificial yes or like even Toby's way of being like I am old please get like Harrison Ford and like yes. The Force Awakens was just yes. like I'm done like I will do I'm this good. movie but yeah. then kill me off and I'm not coming back like <laughs> cut my check kill me off let's let's do this yep. <laughs> yeah I mean I, I, yeah, because especially thinking to like how Toby's Peter was kind of taking on more of a mentor role for the other two, like, you know, encouraging Andrews, Toby, and like trying, you know, talking to, to Tom's um, Peter. I feel like I'm saying a bunch of names and I'm like losing track of what I'm saying. So like Peter, Toby, Andrew, Peter, Peter, two, Toby, Peter Andrew, one, Peter, Peter three. three. <laughs> yes. Okay. <laughs> Let me try that again. Okay. So Toby like definitely Toby's Peter Parker definitely taking like a a mentor type approach like he's trying to encourage Andrew's Peter Parker and um you know when he's talking to Tom's Peter Parker he's like you know you you know 
I, I chased this guy who like I thought was responsible and, you know, just, you know, anger isn't the answer, blah, blah, blah. And yes, Andrew's Peter is also like giving Tom's Peter advice, but you definitely see more of that coming from, from Toby's Peter Parker. So it would make sense that like, especially like you said, he's the oldest. So it wouldn't make sense if he's like the one that they like killed off. Um, especially because when Toby walks through uh, the portal, my mom just whispered like under her breath, he's so old. <laughs> I was like, <laughs> I hate to say it at Toby. I'm sorry, but like. I, he did walk out and I was like, I think it's because I just recently rewatched the Toby Spider-Mans to prep Same. this movie. Mm-hmm. So like seeing him so young and then seeing him like that, I was like, yeah, he is up there now. Like he yeah. is getting older. And it's like, like almost 20 years have gone by since his, no, not at all. Not at all. Especially like when you think it almost like two decades have gone by since his trilogy came out and he's still there and you could see so too, true. like he was so happy to be there. Like that just came through for both of them. I feel like for both of them, especially at the end when like all three of them hug, which I was like, oh my God, that's so precious. Like you could tell like they were all just so genuinely happy to be there and be doing that with each other. And, yeah. you know, I, I hope that we do get like a proper live action Spider-Verse movie. Like, that that is they then that they can all come back i think that would be really great and it looks like they you know they really want to be there which you know of course they would why not and they get to be spider-man and they get to be spider-man together um but i'm i'm glad that they didn't kill him off because i i that would have been like too much for me i was like you already took aunt may you can't take toby's peter too like you can't do it and i will say again when they stabbed him my brain immediately went oh my god they killed to- they killed toby you <laughs> bastards toby <laughs> you bastards yeah, yeah that was it was very like he was just there and then i just loved oh yeah it's fine i've been stabbed many times before <laughs> just like, what? and andrew's like you're in so much pain right now aren't you oh it's so bad <laughs> there's so so much much. that's what he says but um can I also just say like how I don't even know what the right word is I was just I was just like so in awe and like happy when they showed the parallel like in his trilogy you know Toby's um Norman Osborn dies because Norman tries to stab him with his glider and he avoids it and Norman Osborn stabs himself instead and he dies boohoo and is like this time like he actually like actively saves his Norman Osborn um and we know if you watch the original trilogy you know that becomes like a whole thing that um Harry Osborn blames Spider-Man for killing his father so it was like really kind of cool that he got to like save his best friend's father like in that moment um only to be stabbed by him immediately afterwards but (laughs) I'm really glad like both Toby and Andrew's Peter Parker's had an opportunity to kind of protect Tom's Peter Parker in some way. So for Andrew, it was saving MJ the way he couldn't save Gwen Stacy because he knows how much losing the girl that he loves destroyed him. So he, you know, tries to save Tom's Peter from that pain. And then with, you know, Andrew, he knows, not Andrew, I'm Toby. I'm doing it again. I feel like I'm switching <laughs> so up all the names. So There's too many. <laughs> There's too many names. Then with um Toby's Peter Parker, he knows that if Tom's Peter kills Norman Osborn, that's gonna like 
haunts him for the rest of his life. He's never going to be able to live with himself. And he stops him from doing it, basically saving Tom's Peter from himself. Mm-hmm. And I just, I love how it's, even though he's, this is like the last of Tom's trilogy, if, you know, whether or not he has a second trilogy, I feel like in that moment, that end, you know, last 20 minutes or so, it was as if Toby and Andrew were like officially handing the mantle over to Tom. And I don't know if you got that feeling yeah. as well, especially because at the end when Tom was like, you know, thank you both so much. I feel like that was more like Tom thanking them for making all of this possible for him. Like thanking them yeah. for being the first Spider-Man and for, you know, participating in this and like making this such a big movie and, you know, just kind of, you know, you get the vibe that they were like just very supportive of him throughout the process. And I feel like just, it was both the actors and the characters like handing off the role of Spider-Man over to to Tom and Peter Parker in the MCU. It's so true. Like you can definitely hear the real life vibes of that like of Tom thanking the two of them and like I know in past interviews like Tom has talked about um like speaking with Andrew about it and he was like saying like there weren't any hard feelings about like him being recasted and like all this other stuff and like I felt like this was really like a an opportunity for like Andrew to say goodbye to the character Mm-hmm. like because he never had that third movie that was like clearly set up to happen and then they yeah. never did it you know <laughs> and then like and also just like having this connection with Tom and like you know like it's just so mm-hmm. and you can see it like there's that one picture that was going around Twitter a couple of weeks ago the two of them hugging and it's like yeah so like you can just tell they're so like happy for each other and they're so yeah. supportive and like just yeah you're so right you can hear like how thankful he is in that scene really Mm -hmm. yeah it it felt like the same way I felt like the Avengers kneeling to like pay their respects to Tony Stark was like more like Marvel paying homage Sharper Opportunity Jr was how I felt about Tom's Peter thanking the other two Peters It it was very more like a real life sort of meta thing going on and I totally respect their decision to keep it in I think it was definitely needed um both for the story itself but also for the fans yeah because then we got I feel like it it was also like their way of trying to of the studios trying to be like you guys stop arguing about who the best Spider-Man is or who the best Peter Parker is like they all gave their their like 100% to their roles and obviously they don't have any mixed feelings about it they even like went as far as to like change like Peter one, Peter two, Peter three, like it would have been so easy for them to go like an order of like, you know, theatrical release or an order of like supposed popularity, but they, it it wasn't even like a thing about like who was better or more important than the others. Yeah, no, I agree. And it was like, and then they like switched it too. Like it was like, who's Peter what? Like, then they just switched it around. Like, you know, Mm -hmm. like, which I liked too. Uh, Also a little side note, I just remembered this. Yes. I don't know if you noticed this or maybe I'm making it up in my brain, but you know how everyone called Tom's Peter like Iron Man Jr.? Yes. They used that in like one of the newscasts in the beginning of the... (laughs) I remember. But I feel like I've seen it so much on TikTok and stuff that I didn't process it until after the movie. And then I was in a second. They just took everything that people were saying about him and just putting it in the... (laughs) So the whole thing, that whole scene where they're like, 
the the two younger Peters are like talking to Toby and being like, so like that stuff like just comes out of you. Like I that I feel like I've seen that so many times on like Tumblr and Instagram and TikTok. <laughs> it's like all that was missing was the pointing meme. That was yeah, the like, only thing missing. It's like what? <laughs> yeah, I feel like there's a lot of inspiration from from the fans in this movie. There's so one. Yeah. Also, complete sidetrack but when they were all disappearing at the end to go back to their universes and Andrew did his little I was like that's so adorable he was like bye bye." (laughs) but I think Toby does it like at the last second too yeah he's like but like he's already like halfway disappeared by the time he like lifts up his hand (laughs) but yeah it was was literally (laughs) Andrew's Peter was like the most awkward out of all of them and I love him so much for it I do too <laughs> like he he felt to me what Peter Parker was in Infinity War or like not even yeah. like in Civil War like Peter Parker in Civil War that's how I <laughs> felt like Andrew was he's just so happy to be there and be included yeah he's like he's like I'm a Spider-Man it's like I always wanted brothers guys I just want to say I love you <laughs> for five minutes I know you're like thank you like okay (laughs) wow I know this movie is like such a whirlwind of just so many things happens that Mm -hmm. yeah is is it's just such a good movie and I genuinely hope that people who haven't seen it yet do get to see it without any spoilers because it really is just such a good experience if you go in like not knowing you know all of these things that end up happening and I you know there hasn't really been a movie for me like I guess since Endgame which isn't a lot which is like you know four Marvel movies ago but it's still you know it's a few years back it feels like it's been forever especially with the pandemic and everything there hasn't really been a movie since you know Infinity War or Endgame that spoilers were so important and it made such an yeah. impact to the movie and it just it's just such a good movie it really is like I know we were like nitpicking it a little bit <laughs> earlier on yeah, but it's at the end of the day like it's 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 so well done it had the potential to be kind of like a Batman versus Superman but there's just so much packed into it and not enough time you know focusing on specific things especially when you consider like all of the characters there's a lot of characters in this movie. There are. And, you know, and they handle it in such a way that even if you hadn't seen the other movies, you still had an idea of what was going on. And But they didn't spend too much time, like, explaining the backstories just enough so that you understand, like, oh, that's the connection with these characters or that's why this character is the way they is. They are or whatever. But mm-hmm. it really had the potential to just kind of, like, fall apart because there's just too much going on, but they executed it so well. It was so well done. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh my gosh. <laughs> I will say though, a small part of me, like sometimes wishes that there weren't so many theories around this movie. Cause I feel like I would have been that extra bit of excited when Toby and Andrew came on. Like I felt like it was expected. So when it happened, like I was still stoked. Like, don't get me wrong. Like, I was in the theater, like, oh my God. But I also feel like if we had gone in completely blind and didn't know anything about this film and then that happened, I would have been like, yeah. (laughs) No, I I hear what you're saying. Like, 
it was, you were excited, but it was more like a relieved kind of excited. At least that was what it was for me. I was excited, but it was more like relieved. Whereas if we hadn't known anything at all, it would have been more like a surprise excitement, um, which is definitely more exciting than a relieved exciting (laughs) or relieved. um, Like it would have been like a cap and mule near moment, you know, like we were not expecting that. No, it was like, no. Yeah. (laughs) Like, (laughs) yeah, I will say though, like, considering how how many leaks there were I think there was still enough to surprise us in this movie and Sony themselves like made the effort Sony and Marvel made them made the effort to like not reveal anything in the trailers because that's one thing that's kind of been a pattern for for Marvel in the past that they'll reveal characters showing up in their trailers and I get it, you know, for like Civil War, for example, showing Spider-Man, like I get it. It's the first time the character showing up. You want to create hype and everything. But imagine the reactions if nobody knew Spider-Man was going to show up in this movie. Yeah. Or like nobody, like nobody knew when he was going to show up. Like if, you know, obviously when Tony goes to Queens and meets Peter Parker, like, are you like, oh my God, Spider-Man. But his entrance as Spider-Man in the suit would have been like a totally different different thing and then in ant-man they gave away that falcon was going to be in the movie and it's like i didn't we didn't need to know he was going to be in the movie that could have been such a great surprise yeah exactly but um so considering like you know past history i feel like they handled the trailers very well um with you know with matt murdoch with the other spider-man um it you know they they did the best that they could considering what a huge project this was. I agree. Yeah, it must have been so hard. I just keep thinking back to all of Andrew's interviews where he was like, I don't know what you're talking about. I'm not in, the, I'm not in this movie. Like, can we just talk about Tick, Tick, Boom, please? Like, can we talk about something else? But, like, I'm just picturing like the Marvel executive standing behind the camera like, like, like don't give anything away. Like, it's I'm like the, the interview recently with... Um, Haley and Kevin and they were like is there going to be a young Avengers and Haley just goes she looks at <laughs> and him like looks back and, <laughs> and but the thing is he looks so at her like with his eyes like like don't yeah. say anything you're even giving it away just by looking at me like <laughs> the thing is too like when they when they did the interview where they confirmed why they I mean um Kevin Feige and um oh my god her name totally is uh, Amy Pascal when they did the interview where they confirmed essentially that um, Charlie Cox was going to come back as Daredevil (laughs) Amy when Kevin Feige says you know where we see him when we see him and Amy Pascal just starts cackling she starts laughing and Kevin Feige kind of does like this like expression like this (laughs) he's like oh god you just gave it away (laughs) Kevin Feige works so hard to keep these secrets, but everyone around him is just blowing it. So bad at keeping secrets. (laughs) He tries. He tries. Yeah. Oh gosh. But you know, at the end of the day, it was still a really great experience. It's such a good movie. And it was. I'm so glad. I I'm very interested to see how multiverse of madness plays out how hawkeye episode six is going to play out um if the whole theory that it somehow connects to spider-man because of when five episode five and six come out book ending spider-man no way home um and also just like if they're gonna surprise us with any new projects between you know 
the be you know, beginning of, of 2022, right? Yeah, 2022 to like when Multiverse of Madness comes out in May, um, because that's that's a good chunk of time with no new content as far as we know. So I don't know, maybe they'll drop Miss Marvel. Maybe they'll, who, I, who knows, who knows? There's so much that could happen. I'm like so so excited. <laughs> I'll say I I'll, I'll say this like I had this theory that because of how big we all expected Spider-Man No Way Home to be that they were going to surprise us at the very end of the movie with a trailer for a secret part 2 of this movie because I was thinking Ooh. they pushed they pushed the release date of Multiverse of Madness down. They basically pushed the whole slate down by by one movie so the march release date was open it didn't have anything there i was like that's really weird that they would decide to do that and how big we consider this movie to be and then i was thinking back like my movie history trivia when back to the future 2 came out nobody knew that they had filmed back to the future 2 and 3 back to back so at the end of back to the future 2 they immediately played the trailer for the third movie and they did that in theaters and everybody's like wait what so i was like it would be amazing if out of nowhere with like they like this was like the top secret thing they were trying to keep from all of us is if spider-man no way home ended on like a cliffhanger and we're like wait what just happened and then they play a trailer for like the secret part two or something that was going to come out in March. And that's why they pushed all the other movies back. <laughs> um, it was a bit of a pipe dream. I was kind of right because they did show a trailer for another movie. Which they <laughs> haven't done since the first Avenger, which I was no. like, whoa. Yeah. Like- yeah. So it was like, oh, okay. I was 25. I was 12% right, I guess. <laughs> 12% at the moment. 12%. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. But again, that would have been only if they were going to like randomly introduce Miles. I feel like that's the only way that they could have done yeah. uh, a part two because other there was like the movie works. It was well paced. There was no need to add or subtract anything from it. Like it hit all the beats it needed to. Um, like I said before, it didn't feel rushed or, or overpacked at all. Yeah, no, I loved it. So like again I know we were nitpicking for like the last hour (laughs) but wow just like I literally cannot wait to go and watch this movie again like I don't even know when it's gonna be but I'm like already looking forward to seeing it a second time maybe a third time I'm gonna buy it as soon as they release it like I just I'm so excited yeah I need to because that's the thing I need to be able to watch it and like be able to pause and like rewind at certain points just so I can like catch certain details I can't tell you how many times in the theater I was like I need the I need to rewind I need to rewind I need to to see that again yes yeah no definitely a movie to watch several times if possible that's it for this episode of the fandom report thank you guys so much for tuning in and thank you Jess for joining us again it is always such a pleasure to have you on the podcast Thank you for having me talk about one of my favorite characters. It's always a pleasure, Catherine. Of course, of course. (laughs) Uh, Yes, love hanging out with you as always. You guys, if you're not following Jess yet on Instagram or TikTok, you definitely should. Her links to her social media accounts will be linked in the bio slash description box, depending where you're listening and or watching us. Thank you again for tuning in and we'll see you in the next episode. Bye guys.